What's going on guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves for the Culture and the Beautiful Game Network. On today's show, um, joining me as always is my good co-host, Shanira Duran II. I said your name yeah, this time, yeah. oddly enough. I don't know why I've been saying your name. Probably because I miss you. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the social distancing is killing us. Yeah, it is. Like, I think this is like the second time ever we've done a show. And not been in person with each other? Yeah. So that's odd. Hey, oh! Also, congrats to us. We've hit episode 50. Yep. Who would have ever thought that would have been the thing? So that's kind of weird. Um, so yeah. <laughs> we have 50 episodes in of us rambling and not figuring out how to start a show properly. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, does anyone really know how to start a show properly? No. No, not at all. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, we done. We haven't really done our own show um, since we've done episode fifty. We've done two, uh, I guess, crossover episodes. One with for the culture. Uh, you can check that out on those socials and across the pitch. I did that one last night. Uh, that was a kind of a cool interview. A um, lot different than what I was expecting it to be. It was more about like the history of the Richmond Kickers and getting to know lower league teams. So that was kind of unique uh, to do. So, yeah. But the real reason why we are here today is to review the Richmond Kickers 2-1 win over Sacramento Republic FC. That's the real reason why we're here. Um, July 12, 2014. And, all right, so going back to this, there's some things to me that I totally forgotten about this game. One, there's a young David Bulow in this game. Like, young. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the receding hairline has not gone back yet. It's still fully there. Um, also, if you're watching this game, you watch this game on YouTube. You can find it on Richmond Kickers. Uh, we'll put a link to it in our description. But just for like the first 13 minutes, because I was sitting there waiting, like, all right, the game's going to kick up in like two, three minutes. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, is my audio on? Exactly, that's it. And then there was like a lot of like pregame hype for Crystal Palace and Richmond and all that stuff. And I'm like, we were really hyping this game up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, this is the other thing too that stuck out to me. Pale Kickaroo and like this was super pale Kickaroo. This is before yeah. Kickaroo got his upgrade. Yeah, this is before Kickaroo got the makeover. <laughs> yeah, yo, I was like, Kickaroo looked very like. He literally hasn't eaten in a while. <laughs> like, how are we, how are we not picking up on this? Hey, Kangaroo wasn't looking that great. He was, he was struggling. He, yo, he, he was struggling. Um. Also, this was the glory days of YouTube soccer. Do you remember, like, before ESPN Plus, we could watch all our games on YouTube? All of the games, like all the USL games, all the USL games were on YouTube, and you could watch any of them at any time. It was, yeah. Right? Now, granted, the camera quality was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't say the camera quality was horrible, but the cameraman made things hard for himself. All he had to do was zoom out, bro. He, that was the biggest yeah. thing about this game. Like, it was so many times where, like, the camera would be super zoomed in, and you couldn't tell, like, all right, is he switching the ball, or is he just, you know... It, it was so all over the place, or they... 
I think it was around like the 89th or 90th minute, they had a whole conversation about the moon and whether or not it was a yeah. super moon or not. And I'm like, yeah. like y'all do realize. <laughs> I was like, y'all do realize we are like in an attacking play, right? Like, why are we talking about the moon? <laughs> that was, that's not a conversation. Um, but Sacramento Republic, they, this was their first year as a club. As all we know it now is Sacramento's about to be an MLS. So this is really like their first year, first couple of games in the league. They came in yeah. at fourth place. Um, a tie will put and them. A, and also oh, yeah. with a legend as a coach. Oh, yeah. So, mm hmm And with a tie, they would have been tied with Richmond. Um, and Richmond was second in the league. And we were in a 14-game on beating streak, but Orlando was in first place. And that's how I didn't realize at that time this was the last year Orlando was going to be in USL. In the USL. Yeah. I didn't and realize that. We already talked about getting Kaká and Rodinho. Yeah. We were already talking about that in this game. And it, it's crazy that a full year later, they're in MLS, and lo and behold, Kaká is there. See, I remember Kaká. I don't remember. Did Rodinho ever come to MLS? Um, I, I don't think so. I think I don't think that one went through. Okay, because that one I don't remember Rubinho. I remember Kaká famously. I don't remember Rubinho at all. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he didn't. Um, also, you know, I'm a big fan of like jerseys and stuff like that. The gold numbers on the back of the jerseys. Chef kiss. Chef kiss. (laughs) We need those back. Yeah, I want those gold. That gold. That gold was dope. That gold was dope. Um, That was that was some flyness. Nah, and oh, so this is the other thing. I'm gonna throw this at you. I'm gonna see if you can get this right. Who are the two players on the field that met up in the opening MLS game this season between Atlanta and Nashville? The kickers players. Well, one played for the kickers. The other one played for uh, Sacramento Republic. Ooh. Do you, uh... Mm-mm. Is he still? No, it's not Kyle. It's not Kyle. You want me to get it to you at the end of the show? Yeah, get it to the end of the show. I'll, All right. I'll, 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 I'm going to mull it over. All right. So, do you have the lineups in front of you? Yes. All right. So, I'll do Sacramento. You do Richmond? I will definitely do Richmond. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Sacramento Republic came into this game with uh, Jake Gleason and Gold, uh, Amara Clemente. Mikey Daly, George Forkiff, uh, Nemanja Vucic. I think he's like the off-brand version of Nemanja Vidic. Uh, Gilberto <laughs> Del Santo Souza Jr., Eva Mark- Markovic, Tommy Thompson, uh, Rodrigo Lopez, Adam John, and Justin Braun. Those were yeah. That was the starting lineup for Sacramento FC. And I want to say maybe they were playing a full four two. It looked like it for the most part. Um, there were times yeah, where they kind of switched out, maybe a four two three one, but it was definitely four four two. Yeah, I think they were kind of also going through a slight four four one one, also with Adam John being a little bit behind Justin Bron- Justin Braun. Because mm-hmm. Justin Braun was just up top, giving Yambi and Shinovsky a hard time. Yeah, like, he was just yeah, he, he, was. He, was, he was a nightmare. Yeah, he was. Um, and I let you go on to do Richmond Kickers. 
Yeah. So, for the kickers, we had in goal uh, DC United loanee Joe Willis. Uh, our back four were Lee, Alex Lee on the right, uh, Yambi in the middle with Shinovsky, and Garth on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the midfield, I think I think we're playing a four four one one. So in the midfield, we had uh, Luke Vercoloni, and it seemed like uh, George Davis the fourth. In there, in the center of midfield, Spitz was playing on the right, and Asante was playing a bit more on the left, but kind of floating in and out, switching with uh, George Davis. Uh, Seaton was up top with Kyle Porter. Yeah. That... Um. But I mean, between George. Davis before Kyle Porter and Seaton, there was a bit of a of a kind of a, a rotation of who was where. And it was hard to tell who was playing point, who was playing the top striker, who was playing the, the, the center forward sitting behind, who was playing in the midfield. They kind of were rotating that position as the game was going on. Yeah, I like honestly that was one of the things that I picked up a lot. I mean we talked about it like how Jordan Davis was all over the place. But it seemed Everywhere. like yeah, and it seems like a lot of the times, like Asante would drop in to play right beside Luca Vone, um, Vercoloni. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like he was dropping to be right beside him, but you would imagine Asante would play further up field. So it was kind of like it was kind of this unspoken rotation between those two players. And I'm not gonna lie, I was not super impressed with Michael Seaton in this game at all. Yeah, I know, I was not either. Like I was not impressed. I, it was like a lot of the times he seemed like. <clears throat> he would be in the right position, but he would he would be like a second or two behind. Yeah. And that was one of the bigger things. But let's go on and get into the game. Um it was <laughs> in r- typical Richmond Kickers fashion. We start the game off by giving a chance to Sacramento Republic. And only like yeah. the second minute, yo. It literally took nothing. Um I think it was yeah, it was George Forkov. He goes down the right side and then he crosses the ball into Autumn John. Adam John just seemed like he was the typical target man for this game. Like, there, it was no defensive responsibility on it. It was literally, you stand on the last center back and you just cause havoc in the center of the field. Yeah. That's really what it seemed like it was. But, I mean, it was a well-played ball. But, you know, Joe Willis, who, oddly enough, surprised me a lot in this game. Um, it was a lot of good saves. It makes a good save early on. Yeah, no, Joe, Joe was, he was solid back there. I mean, I think in the second half he didn't have as much to do. But in the first half, the kickers were trying to do something a little different that wasn't working, and it was allowing for Sacramento to really put a lot of pressure on us. Yeah. And Joe had to really, really be on his game and really be on point. Yeah, that, that's true. And, like, one of the things that we both picked up on was how Sacramento was set up to really... They wanted to play everything through the middle. They, that's what yeah. they wanted to do. They didn't want anything going out to the wings. They wanted all the play to, like, hey, quick play through the middle. And Richmond, on the other hand, was a complete opposite. It was a lot of get the ball out to the wings and allow them to create the play. And I think that might have been the reason why Sutton was struggling a lot because Sutton seemed like the kind of play he needs the ball played into his feet. And he could play it yeah. off of someone. And the fact that we're playing off the wings and then we're crashing in... It did play well the Suns um skill set. But if yeah, that didn't so. yeah, if it didn't work out on the wings, then it would go back out to the uh center backs and Yambi. If there's any game you want to see where Yambi has a great long ball, this is the game. Because there's multiple times he just plays it. No, 
Yambi, Yambi also had a good game as well. Uh, yeah. But one one player who I feel, at least in the first half, in the second half, he kind of grew into the game more. One player who I feel had a very un- uncharacteristic first half was Luke Vercoloni. Because Luke Vercoloni, I remember, from what I remember when watching him play, was that type of player who was just, would wreak havoc in the midfield. Yeah, yo. He was all over the place. He would be all over the place. He'd be hounding players in the midfield. And I, I don't know if he was instructed not to play that way in this game, but I think he was intentionally not being that player, at least in the first half. Well, this is the thing. If I really feel like I want to go back and watch more of Luke Verkin. Uh, Luke Vercoloni's career, if I can say his name right, and like Sasha Gores, because like in this game, it felt like they're getting towards the end of their powers. I mean, I think this is the last year Luke is in Richmond. Sasha Gores yeah. kind of got more. This is the last year Sasha was a starter. So it's kind of like, yo, we kind of miss those glory years of those two. And, you know, it would have been yeah. great to see them at the height of their powers, especially those, because I think Luke. Leads to one of the goals uh, later on, just because of his smart th- thinking and play. Yes, no, he he definitely has a big part in the second goal. But the thing with Luke is, I think I, I don't I, I don't know if because it, it it doesn't seem like he was having an off day. It seems like he was asked by Lutalisa to do something different because you saw him being more of a distributor on the field. And I think that may have had to do with the fact that Mike Callahan was recovering from a concussion. Yeah. I think Mike Callahan would have been that that run into space, receive the ball, and find find a, a passing lane type player. So now Luke Bertoloni has to kind of push up from playing a six to playing more of an eight and, and being a distributor. And I think that's where Asante came in, sometimes coming into the middle, playing that six behind Luke Bertoloni. Yeah, it was a lot of that as well. I think he was his job was more of kind of be the last midfielder closest to the center backs and then just yeah. distribute the ball and allow Asante, Davies, uh, Spitz, and all of them to kind of be more of the creative forces. Exactly, exactly. I think that was more of the thing. Oh, oh let me ask you this. Asante's foul in the ninth minute. Was it a red card? <laughs> Do you think it was worthy of a red card? No, I think it was worthy of a yellow, though. Oh, this is the other thing too. You know how we always say on our podcast, like no blood, no foul. Yeah, I think this ref was a hundred percent behind that method. There were so, there were so many fouls that would be easy yellows now. To be honest with you, I believe that in the first twenty minutes, by the time we hit the twenty fifth minute, it should have been nine players against eight. Because it was it was uh, it was nasty out there. No way to take out a single card until the very end of the first half. No, and, and the thing was the reason why I say I think Asante might have been a red like today is because the ball was already played and Asante just comes straight in and was like, Well, <laughs> I'm taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's the thing, the way he took him out was kind of just a, a check. So I, that's why I would say that's a definite straight yellow card. Like the, the, the ref shouldn't have even hesitated. That should have been a yellow card. And uh, then the retaliation against Asante, that should have been a yellow card as well. 
Yeah. And that would have calmed things down. But then the, the game got really choppy. And until that first yellow card came out towards the end of the first half, I mean, players were really pushing the envelope. They, yo, they were. And this ref, it, it, it was like the ref that, um, he just go over to me and be like, hey guys, look, it's pickup, my knees hurt, I'm hungover, I'm not trying to ref this too hard. Like, he was like that kind of pickup ref. <laughs> like, he was not trying to, like, even Yambi, I think in the 70th-ish minute, um, Adam John is in on goal. Like, he's in on goal. And Yambi straight up just shoves him out the way. Oh, yeah, he just straight hockey checked him. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you do realize this is, like, I think this is before they changed it. I think it would have been a double jeopardy play. Because you yeah, could have argued the that fact that Yami could have been sent off. Play. Yeah, that would have been a double jeopardy play. And the thing is, Plessy was livid because when I times that I'm just sitting there, I'm like, this ref not going to call anything. He's not going to yeah. call this. <laughs> and, I mean, talking about fouls, I mean, the first red, the first yellow card was to George uh, Fochime. Yeah, that was the first and yellow. That was the first one, but that, that wasn't even because the foul was bad. That was just a tumor with a foul thing. But I'm, I guarantee you, and I think the commentator said it too, every single one of Fochime's fouls were on Shakespeare. second half, he had a ball that he chipped over the back line. I mean, granted, the goal was off sides. But that ball, like, to have the presence of mind to do that at that moment, oh, and, right, I was yeah. like, oh, this this is not... Yeah. Yes. And Seaton was off sides. Yeah, it was that goal. But I would say this, watching this game, I now understand why people were saying, like, the back line Richmond had in 2014 was probably one of the strongest in lower league soccer. Because there were so many times, like, I mean, granted, and even the announcer said it, like, Sacramento Republic had majority of possession. They were pressing us. They were finding these quick one, two, three combo passes. And after time and time again, Yambi clearing, Shinovsky clearing, Goraz clearing, Let, I mean, Lee clearing, Willis saving the ball, distributing it back out. Like, this back line was strong and solid. Right. I mean, like, to start the game off with. I mean, it, it was it, it was it, the, to be honest with you, I don't know why starting Sasha Gordon because of the distribution he gives you. But if you wanted to just put on a defensive just blockade, you can try to 
to kind of led to more of our downfalls, but it was veteran death at the like at the peak of his powers at that time. to the goals? Yes, let's do it. Alright, so first goal comes from Sacramento Republic and we're like 65th, 64th minute? Yeah, um, 64th minute. Yeah, so for those who know, like, when you go look at the play, like, Porter loses possession of the ball and that kind of sets up everything because he kind of, he loses the ball at half field. I don't think he really recovers to try to get back in time. And the ball is quickly played to Braun, who then plays it to the left to uh, Rodrigo. And then he kind of just squares up, you know. Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's slipping me. That, it was Lee. He was kind of just shaping up Lee. And then he just does like a real quick cross into like into the box anywhere. And I think Shadowski judges it all kinds of wrong because I think it skips right off his head. He doesn't yeah, get enough power he, behind him. Yeah, he didn't. And it just kind of just lands right on Adam John's head into the back of the net. That's literally like how simple this play was. Like, yeah, it was it was it was anticlimactic. I mean, it starts with um, I think it was Kyle Porter getting dispossessed in the midfield. Yeah, so, it, I mean, which was kind of a frequent thing within this game. Everyone's backing off a of bond. Everyone's backing off a of bond as he receives that ball, and then. Alex Lee gets turned inside out. Yeah. It's like, I, I, who was getting turned inside? Was it Lopez? Oh, yeah, it was Lopez. Lopez on the ball. He just goes back and forth and back and forth and just completely turns out Lee inside out and gives himself just that little bit of room to chip that ball in. And, and the ball that came in was moving so quickly that I don't think Shinovsky would have been able to adjust maybe to back up to really get good purchase on the ball. He just had to jump. He had to. Yeah. I mean, and he jumps and just skins off the top of his head and gets right to John. Can I also say this? Connor Shinovsky has not aged a day. <laughs> I know. He looks the same. Like, I think Connor Shinovsky is the only person who I can say is probably 25 in 2014 that looked like he's 35. Like, he looked like he's, yeah, he looked like he's the dad of two kids and driving a minivan. <laughs> we love you, Connor. We absolutely love you. Um <laughs> But, I mean, that, that's literally how this vertical come from. I think if Connor gets a proper head to it, I mean, granted, it's going to be cleared out. But I think it just takes, like, a weird deflection off his head, maybe too much sweat, who knows. And it just goes to the back of the net. Like, I don't even think Joe Willis had a proper time to even make a reaction to it because by the time he gets on uh, Adam's head, it's in the back of the net. Exactly. 
So that's one goal. And then literally, well, before that, Lee was already making the substitution. I think he already got the sense of, all right, we're playing the ball quickly, but we don't have anyone up top that can really get the ball at their feet and kind of not put not, – we don't have anyone that can put fear in the center back's hearts. Exactly, exactly. Um, so he makes a sub right there to the 65th minute. He brings on Delhi. He brings on Yaisley. He takes off Spitz, and he takes off uh, Seaton. Correct? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he switches up from, I think, I think he stays in the 4-4-1-1, but I think it's more 4-4-2-2, but I think Yaisley has the option of being the striker or the attacking mid. He's pretty much the link up between him and Delhi. Yeah. So I think that's more happening. You don't you don't see confident in that at all. I just wanted to make you know that. <laughs> no, I, I was I was just trying to think back exactly to exactly what what led to go. But it, 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 it's 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 I think earlier that season, I think Delhi scored his 100th goal for Richmond against New England in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. I think right around that time. So they put Delhi on, and like literally two minutes later, Richmond scores. Percent takes him out, and I'm just like, wow, he he does, and that's why I was that's the play we're talking about. I'm just like, yo, that's that really shows you the difference in refereeing. But then I'm just like, all right, well, we'll just restart play. And literally, I honestly think Asante takes a bad touch and he makes the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. Because you can see he gets the ball and he wants to play it to the left. But I think he, like, I think he looks up before he really secures the ball and he tries to play it. And then he recovers it again. And he just like, all right, I'm just going to kick this ball to the, like, to the left. Down the middle. He yeah. Down the middle. Right. And out of nowhere, here's the back camera angle again. Out of nowhere, here comes George Davies busting down the left side. You're like, wait, where? why is George Davies on the left? Isn't he supposed to be in the middle? And then he sizes up his defender. I think it's uh, Fortes. And he kind of sizes him up. No, that was, a, that was the second goal. That was the second goal? That was the second oh, goal. Oh, okay, my fault. Literally, Alex Lee gets the ball from... 
that's right. He gets the, he gets the ball from Willis on the on the on the goal kick. Passes it out to Kyle Porter, who's playing on the right wing at this point. And, and see, this Kyle is why I have scenarios. Like Kyle Porter one passes it back to Alex Lee and disappears off frame, and you're expecting okay, Kyle Porter's on that side somehow. At off screen, he switches with uh, George Davis. But when the ball comes back to Alex Lee. correct the goals <laughs> I was reading my notes to get them all mixed up but yeah like seriously that's what it was and honestly I think Yasley at this moment he was playing attacking mid but I think he's the tallest midfielder at that point because he's obviously yeah. like 6'2", 6'3 everyone else is like 5'9", 5'11 like he has an extra 5 inches it helps him out there and he has it in the deli and deli literally first touch is a goal <laughs> exactly he just lets it bounce he runs alongside it lets it bounce and when he's right at the top of the 18, boom. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very clinical. And that, I mean, there was, it wasn't an accident why Delhi was the leading scorer that season. I mean, he was just clocking up goals. He was scoring goals for fun that season. No, he was. Yeah, 100%. All right. So now, the second goal that I was already talking about, this is the play where we saw full George Davies. Like, and it literally yeah. starts because um, Riccoloni, he plays the ball out wide to Lee. And Lee, I swear I have never seen this pass from Lee. I don't know where this came from. But he literally switches play on, like, just one touch. Oh, that was, yeah, no, that was a sick bag. He just switches it all the way diagonally across the field. Just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, he switched play. And, like, George Davis, who I was mentioning before, who, who seemed like he was playing everything in the middle, but I think when Yisley comes on, I think he switches more out to the left to allow Yisley to have that space in the middle. So I think Davis is out there. And, I mean, like we all know, Davis, he's a dribbler. He is a 100% dribbler at this moment. And he just dribbles, dribbles, dribbles. And I think he's, like, buying time. But he's waiting to see, like, all right, who's going to be into the box? And I think Delhi does a smart thing of where – he doesn't initially just go darting into the six-yard box. I think mean, he kind of, he stands more into the 18, and then he just slowly gets himself in between both center backs, so they're both preoccupied on him. And he's and Davis, he plays a low cross ball in, and I think yeah. Dell he catches the center back flat-footed, flat, like he catches him flat-footed and puts it right into the near post of the goalkeeper. Yeah, but uh, another interesting thing is that this goal indirectly kind of comes off from a Joe Willis goal kick as well. Yeah. I mean, if you track it all the way back, Joe Willis, uh, Sacramento will get a chance. And this, this kind of shows the the inexperience of Sacramento. It shows you how the transitional inexperience of Sacramento because it, they, they literally had two corners back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Two corner kicks back-to-back. The second one on the volley that goes hopelessly wide. And you would expect, all right, we lost that one goal kick. Let's all track back, get back in our shape, organize ourselves. Joe Willis takes his time getting the ball, sets up the goal kick, and just 
crushes it up, and Delhi is in the middle of the field with acres of space to just jump up and head that ball. They kind of get the second ball, but then they just completely lose it, and that's when you have that ball that just gets launched up, and Shinovsky just heads it down to Luke. Luke does, has this, this beautiful one-two with Alex Lee, and that's when, that's when you're talk, that ball you were talking about, that beautiful diagonal ball across from Alex Lee. And, and I'm, the funny thing is, the commentator was actually saying, for a second, I thought George Davis held on to the ball for too long. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, when he cuts back, cuts in and cuts back, I'm like, ah, you're doing too much. I'm thinking, you're doing too much. And then he just slots that in. And the amount of space Delhi had to put that in, like, I don't know. It was tough. He had, no business, he had no business scoring that. Like that—that's how—that's how close that was. That's how much space between the goalie's hand and the post there was. There was probably about a foot and a half of space. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so that's the goal of the seventh eighth minute. And you would think, like, all right, that's the end of the game. You know, Rich was just going to bunker. But then, you know, one of the more quirkier rules that was in USL history that a lot of people wouldn't know of was the fourth substitution rule. And I think this was the last year of the rule, right? Yeah, the last year of the fourth substitution rule. Yeah, so you already made two substitutions uh, with um, Yasley and Delhi coming on. And then you have Shane Johnson and then uh, Henry Kalula coming on in the 90th minute for Kyle Porter and Gorez. And I think, <laughs> I really think Lee is just like, all right, we're putting six right on the 18. We're not moving up the field. We're just going to bunker in tight. And that's literally what happened. I mean, Sacramento gets a chance, but it's not really anything that really comes from it. But that fourth substitution rule was pretty much a cheat code. Yeah, the fourth substitution rule it, it allowed for a real change in terms of how you play, how how the team plays, and and we completely switched around the the um I think so. Shane came on for for Garez, so you went from a distributing left back to a a true defensive, no one getting past me left back. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I, I don't know if you remember, um, earlier on last season, about halfway through the season, when we were talking about um, Brayden Troyer and how I was saying that Brayden Troyer runs as fast as he needs to. Yes. So he doesn't have a top speed. It's whatever speed is necessary, that's what he'll give you. Shane Johnson was the same way. I mean, with his size... There were certain players that like this player is gonna cook Shane, and Shane would just keep pace with him. And he was—he's just one of those defenders that you're not getting past him. He's not gonna—you're not gonna be able to run around him. He's gonna out—he's gonna—he's gonna put his pedal to the metal and get and keep up with you. Oh, yeah. And then Kalunji, of course, is just that center back that can—that is—I mean, you put Kalunji with Yambi, no one's getting past. <laughs> And then now you have Shinovsky in there too. It, it, it's a wrap. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that's what it was. So, Richmond goes on to win this game 2-1. Um, this kind of sets up for us to keep this winning streak alive and we have a deep playoff push. Unfortunately, I don't think we win US USL Cup that year. Um, I think Orlando won it last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, Orlando won it last year. Um, but this is an interesting quote from Sacramento uh, Republic's coach. He pretty much was just like, we conceded soft goals and that killed us. We were the better team possessing the ball for most of the match. 
but we were making it harder on ourselves to win the match, says Stewart following the match. It's important that we play the next game quickly as we want to get back to our winning streak. So you can see, like, Sacramento coach was, like, kind of annoyed, but it's also, like, it's our first year, we're learning, but we're giving up stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess, uh, here's the thing, I agree with him only up to, um, the end of the first half, because the first half was all Sacramento. Yeah. Sacramento dominated the first half, Braun was a nightmare, Lopez was giving Alex Lee hard time on the wing. Uh, John was running in behind Braun and, and causing even more trouble for our back line. But then in the second half, we just dominated possession. The quick playing, the quick passing, the moving the ball around quickly, that was what got us the win. Because even after we brought in uh, Yisley and Delhi, we were still moving the ball around quickly. And then it was literally, if you look at both of the goals, it was just touch, pass, 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 long ball. Into Delhi, yeah. or touch, pass, 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 long ball to to um to George Davis, and actually there were quite a few times Delhi could have could have gotten a hat trick. Oh yeah. You know, and so I mean the second half was all Richmond kickers. The Richmond kickers dominated the second half. Joe Willis basically was taking goal kicks all second half. Another thing too, like Lee had a chance on goal, um, oh, and Gorris had a shot on goal. I I, I actually put that down in my notes. I, Anybody's gonna pick up Alex Lee? Oh, in the 81st minute when he just walks through? He just walks through everyone. <laughs> like, it's like that moment on FIFA where it's like the other team is like in ultra attack, and you're just like, alright, I'm just gonna take my left pick and just dribble through everyone, and no one recognizes, like, hey, maybe someone should pick this guy up. Like, no one. No one yeah. picks him up. No one. It was, it, it was weird. I was like, is, is anyone gonna. everything I have in this game. Anything else from you? I 
And I was like, wait, George Davis went to Louisville. Yo, Louisville can never know what? Yeah, nah. I think, like, one guy from this team went to... One guy from Sacramento went is playing for Melbourne City in the A-League. Like, I think he's still playing. There's a couple oh. of guys at San Diego Loyal. But the two guys... Oh, and Gleason, who's, by the way, his headpiece is amazing. Like, I want that. Oh, uh, the, the, the concussion protection? Yeah, I want that. <laughs> I just want to have it to wear around the house. <laughs> That's it. Just wear it around the house. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're scared of concussions happening in the house. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Just doing something weird and just be like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I'm protected <laughs> from concussions. <laughs> but no. All right. So I'm. Can you name the two players? Uh, no. I, I just. I uh, the only person I could think of was George Davis because I think he's still with Louisville, right? Yeah, he's still with Louisville. All right. So the two players, Adam John. Atlanta United, he was a sub that came off of Joseph Martinez when he tore his ACL in Nashville. Uh-huh. And the goalkeeper for Nashville is Joe Willis. Oh! Yeah. I, it didn't pop into my head until I realized, like, Joe Willis. I went to go look up the names, and I went to go look. And I was like, wait, Joe Willis? And I clicked on it. It was like Nashville. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's crazy because Joe Willis is the only on up we want to say first thank you to this our sponsors uh roughneck scarves the official scarf supplier of mls usl and u.s soccer 
Um, even though there's no soccer being played, you can still get custom scarves for when coronavirus is over and everything. At and my mom is calling me right now. <laughs> at <laughs> roughneckscarves.com. Um, you can also go to Icarus FC if you want to get custom jersey designs at IcarusFC.com. With that being said, this is Elliot. This is my man Shanair. And as always, yeah. Shanair is all, God darn it, Shanair, why are you late? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is the problem we have to deal with when recording over the phone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And with that being said, as always, guys, keep us on the good side.